Saturday, April 10th, 2021. Sup everyone, I'm Paul Clark. Sup Paul, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a year since I began the Sup Paul podcast, and this is our 43rd episode. I'm co-hosting with my friend and river paddleboarding enthusiast, Jamie Mabe. We're talking fun, we're talking about overcoming obstacles, and we're talking about being a positive influence through social media with roller skater extraordinaire, Ivy Rose, a.k.a. Spicy Ivy. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon here in Bingen, Washington. Jamie, of course, is in Raleigh, North Carolina. Ivy is in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Without further ado, let's talk fun. Can you get bored doing it? No, fun doesn't get boring. Fun just gets more fun. That's the best thing about it, right? (laughs) That's a (laughs) exactly fun gets fun. Fun gets fun. The only way to kill the fun is to turn it into your profession. (laughs) I think Mm. you could probably speak to that a little Mm. bit. And you could definitely get burned out by doing that when. When the fun is associated with other people's other people's desires, other people's interests, other people's agendas, you know, brands telling brand messages, all of a sudden you've forgotten. Huh? I do this for fun as opposed to work. Right. Or guiding. Oh my gosh, guiding. Whew. I was a sea kayak guide, so I could go sea kayaking. But all much of my time as a sea kayaker was hurting other people around in in terrain that I normally wouldn't have wanted to paddle in myself. Like, oh, let's go to this, you know, flat yeah. lake. And do some loops. Yeah, that definitely makes fun not fun. That that can ruin the fun. But tell me about roller skating. Why do you like roller skating? I like roller skating because you have to be independent with each foot. Each foot is its own animal. And so at every given point, you are standing on one foot. I think I like that. I think I like the push of it. I think I like, I love the the powerful feeling of pushing and just getting faster and faster. And that's why you went to inline skating. I think you more glide with less energy, right? Well, inline was because it was 1989 and (laughs) come out. So it was like, okay, well, let's do this. They were like, whoa, my God, it's not side by side wheels. I mean, that's a forgotten memory, right? Inlines have been in our lives for so long that we take it for granted, but there was a moment, and I saw that moment. And so, um, yeah, once I got on inline skates, and, and back then it was like, they were just bricks. They were just heavy metal bricks that you essentially ran in. You were running because they barely <laughs> rolled. But, um, yeah, there's just something about that. It's like running faster than you can run to me. With less energy, I followed you on a greenway in in Raleigh, North Carolina, on a bicycle, and I could barely keep up with you as you showed no effort in going even faster. Uh-huh. All right, here we go. We're we're rolling. Uh, I I wanted to rollerblade with you that day, but I would have hurt myself if I tried to keep up <laughs> with you. I could have done it. I would have ended up injured. Well, that's always a possibility, I guess. Whenever you're having fun, you can always get injured, right? That would be a good segue into Ivy Rose. She just gave me a text that she'll be ready in, in about five or ten okay. minutes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I'm curious because I broke my knee. We have a similar – we had a similar injury. Oh, okay. 
Was it the winter of 2021? It was the winter of 2021. So basically 20 years ago this December, the snow hadn't come. I was in the best shape in my life, but I had no money because I just hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. This is just, this is prepping the story a little bit. Uh, and so on, on December 27th, only after about 30 days of being on the snow and like really getting into it, I broke my kneecap and uh, the forecast was three to five months out. Uh, and so my goal was to be on skis before the winter was out. So on uh, March 1st, I was able to hike uphill with skis on and then ride the chairlift down. Mm -hmm. So I was pretty happy about that. So you did it. Yeah, but you know, like right in your prime, like the, the healthiest you could possibly mm -hmm. be, the strongest you could possibly be, jonesing for more activity. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, nope, you're in pain and you're reliant on other people's transport. <sighs> And, oh, yeah, you can't do what you're passionate about. So what can yeah. you do? And what you could do is just wallow yeah. in it and suffer and be a pain in the ass of everyone or just do new creative stuff. And it looks like Ivy's crocheting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she shared a story yesterday on her on her Instagram of, like, how she gets down her stairs. She basically slides down on her butt. She chucks her crutches and then slides down on her butt following. There you go. Um, no other way to do it. I wonder how old she is. Have you have you gotten a sense of that? My guess she's twenty three. We'll ask her. But... I was thinking five. Mid twenties. A little older than young. I twenty three is young to me. Twenty three is half my age. Plus. Don't don't do math like that. Well, how else am I going to do math? I mean, two plus two is the type of math I do, and it's like a, almost a half. So that's pretty easy. Like if there was any division or if there were any angles associated with this formula, I couldn't do it. But a little, you know, age versus age. I it's could not do. your math capabilities. It's the perspective that it provides, right? It's the 1980 was 31 years ago. <sighs> Why'd you have to That's, say that? See what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to say. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> like, that. I don't like that. I'm not, a, I don't like sentimentality. I don't like retrospective I don't like any of that it makes me feel nostalgia it makes me feel melancholy um, with, with that said though tell me about best time of your life and why the best time of my life yeah the best time of my life was when I lived in Austin and my friend Matt and I would just ride beach cruisers around town all day mm -hmm. it's just it's the fun it's always the fun it's it's exploration it's adventure it's time with people that i enjoy to be around it's chuckling making up stupid jokes make make each other laugh you know just saying dumb shit we used to just say just dumb shit we had inside jokes and <laughs> you know like when you can just have a friend to my my friend kim Kleinhans said it best you know you're with a really good friend when it feels like three days in one you know, it just when the time warps around you and you don't come up for the air, you're just so I don't know, your playmates. It's just play. And so, I mean, I guess that's why I like more less intense, less intensity in my sport, because I, I need lots of room for the play and the laughs and the chuckles and the stories and the, you know, that's. I like to just be doing something while I'm doing that. Some people tailgate, you know, maybe some people invite their friends over for football. I can't sit. <laughs> so if I can have a mobile party, that's what I want to do. That's the best for me. 
And I think that, you know, river paddleboarding lends itself to that if, if, if depending on the river. And riding your bike on a greenway in Austin yeah. or rollerblading in a park may offer yeah. that as well. With that, that, that was well articulated. I'm going to call Ivy now. Ivy Rose, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Perfect. Jamie, Mabe, and Ivy Rose, two skaters that I'm excited to talk to today on the Step Paul Podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. Hi, Hi. Ivy. Hi. <laughs> Ivy, uh, Jamie Mabe is a is a inline skater, river paddleboarder, mom, and just an outdoor fun enthusiast in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's, it's good to, to unite you two fellow skaters yes i'm excited you're way more badass than me I've oh i don't believe that oh uh, real <laughs> thank you i've been watching your just ramps and skate park stuff it's out of bounds i've thank you I, so much yeah i just um started trying to do that because i'm more of like a long distance speed skater Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just really admire what you're doing. Thank you. I'm going to have to do a lot of, um, long distance, just flat ground skating, you know, once my, once my injury starts healing up just to get back into the swing of things. So I, I'll be on your page for a while too. All right. Well, I'm sure you're going to be back in it sooner than later. Let's hope so. So let's just jump right, right into the, the injury that you're dealing with right now. You broke your knee roller skating. Yeah, so I I broke my patella. Um, today today marks two weeks post op, three weeks initial break. And you shared that image, the video of of the the knee breaking. Ugh, the the look on your face, the the instant yeah. reach to the knee, you knew something's going on there. It was it was one of those things where I immediately I knew something was very yeah. wrong. You know, because yeah. I take I take a lot of heavy impact falls and I usually am pretty good about you know wiping it off and and getting back up but in that moment I could not get up I knew I knew something was really wrong and you have a you you have about a uh, a three to five month prognosis for for getting back on your feet is that true that's what doctor said yeah but after doing a lot I've done a lot of talking with other um like professional skateboarders and other roller skaters and other people who have gone through similar injuries and they all do tell me three to five months can be shortened if I you know take the right um precautionary measures and you know like really focus on physical therapy and stuff so I'm hoping that three to five months is like the longest that it will be that it won't go past that well, you're you're motivated and you're young. Uh, I'm yes. betting 23. How old are you? I'm 20. You're 20. 20. <laughs> yes. You're 20. Very young. I'm little. Well, you're tiny. Yeah. I love that. So that's that's one of the nice things, though, is that I am young and very um, active, and I don't have any previous injuries to my legs. So hopefully, this will just be one and done, and I'll get back to just how I was skating before this happened. Yeah. Your little fontanelle hasn't even closed yet. You're just a baby. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get up real quick. <laughs> Thank you. And, and yeah. Ivy, thanks for taking time and, and having a conversation with you. I reached out to you primarily because of how inspira- inspiring your social media is. You, you share you. to your almost 180,000 Instagram followers your 
smiling face while doing pretty extreme things on roller skates, uh, <laughs> flipping out of the, the coping, flipping within the, the transition, spinning, a lot of switch stuff, a lot of 540 stuff. You're looking over your left shoulder mm -hmm. a lot, like on roller mm -hmm. skates. Okay. And wearing shorts and no particular padding and just having <laughs> a, a great time doing it. I've followed a lot yeah. of your, or I've, I've looked at a lot of the comments for the people who follow you. And they're inevitably about, you're inspiring me. Oh, watching your videos make me so happy. I'm encouraged to do this on my own or whatever the, the things that I do in my life that might be difficult. I'll look at an, a spicy Ivy, Ivy Rose Instagram feed, and then off I go and do something bold and daring. So that's why I've reached out to you. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. And, and that's, that's what I love about having such a large following is that a lot of people um, don't realize that I like didn't really ask for this following. Like I, I didn't go out of my way to try to gain this, this many people following me, but I think that I gained the following that I have simply because all I want to do is help inspire other people to do something. It doesn't even have to be roller skating just to do something that they love to do. Nice. Absolutely. That's so, I mean, and uh, Paul, I can second that emotion. Like I was prepping for this interview, watching you skate and, <laughs> it was everything I could do to not go skate because I really wanted to. <laughs> yeah, you're nailing it. Uh, your Thank you. Your authenticity shines through, definitely. Thank you. Why Why did you choose rollerblading or, why, or, or excuse me, roller skating? Why did it choose you? Why did you choose it? What came first? So I actually played roller derby for 13 years prior to doing what I do now. Okay. Uh, so I started that when I was about five years old. <laughs> so I've been, <laughs> so I've been on roller skates for like majority of my life. So then played roller derby for 13 years. And then my, my coach and my boss, same person at the time, they started getting into park skating and they suggested that I get a pair of the skates that I use, the Moxie skates and suggested that I try roller skating at skate parks and then I tried it and then it has just stuck ever since. Nice. And Jamie, you've just got a pair of skate uh, or park inline blades. Do many people yeah. like back in the nineties, you know, people were bringing inline skates to the park, but roller skates to the park, who does that? And according it's, to, yeah, to your pretty, feet, a lot of people do. It definitely had a blow up after COVID. Like when mm. quarantine happened, oh. everyone like, on TikTok and mm. um, like people got super into, especially the like dance skating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that got really popular. And then I think as people start to follow um, like dance skating accounts and different like brands of like roller skates and stuff, then they started to see the stuff that I do. And then it grew, it, it drew a big crowd of people into that would you say that during this last year that during the covid year your following has 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 grown exponentially or had you already been on a pretty oh, good path no it absolutely has just grown like i would say at this time last year i i didn't even have ten thousand followers hmm. and so it's it really has been all within this last year and and most of my following has has come from like other people like resharing mm -hmm. my videos on their accounts, like large that ha that have a larger platform than me. So then that draws like a larger audience into mine, and just like um, mainly just word of mouth and people sharing my videos is how I how I gained the following. 
where do you want to go with it? Where do you want to go with this following? Or is that really anything that you focus on? Like, oh, people are following me organically. That's great. And I, I just continue on to do what I'm doing, which is skating, trying new tricks, uh, pushing the boundaries, etc. It's hard to say because what you just said is exactly true. I, I really do this for myself. Like roller skating is, is for myself and for my happiness. That, that's my outlet as well as my hopefully career. And that brings me into a, I want this following and this, um, I, I don't, I don't know what to call it, but I, <laughs> I want this to be my profession. Like this is what I want to do for a living. And I hope that that following can, can lead me to someone that can help me achieve that goal. Hmm. What does professional skating look like for you? Like what, what do you envision that to be? What are the pieces of that? So as of right now, there is not a single professional roller skater who makes a living solely off of like just skating and sponsors and like competitions. Because as far as, as skateboarding goes, like when, when you hear professional skateboarder, it means that they, they have a product with their name on it, which I have coming out this month. I have a wheel yeah. with my name on it coming out. So <laughs> oh, that, yay. that technically makes me quote unquote, a professional skater, but oh. I would like to uh, get to the point where, where roller skating is taken as seriously as skateboarding and inlining is, and where, you know, like certain companies will gather a team and send them to certain competitions. And then depending on, you know, how you do in the competition, you make $10,000 or so. Like that's how like Red Bull athletes work. And that's how, that, that, that's what I'd like to see roller skating to turn into for sure. Well, before calling you Ivy, Jamie and I were joking about, it's all about fun, no matter what you do. And when you add a profession to it, sometimes the fun could disappear pretty quickly. So hopefully keep that fun. <laughs> yeah. Mixed emotions. How well are you received at skate parks? You know, listening to the audio in your videos, people are cheering and calling your name and hooting and hollering. What do they think of when they see a young girl on roller skates coming into a park? Most people are very shocked. Um, I I do get mixed emotions. There definitely are some people who are very close-minded. And this tends to be like the um, younger, like under like 15 years old like those kids tend to be very like get out of the skate park <laughs> like skate parks aren't made for roller skates you know and the, like they tend to be kind of rude sometimes but most people above that age are usually just like shocked to see it and they usually give me give me props or you know tell me tell me something to try people really love to to tell me to do flips or to do you know like to, to do stuff that they want to see and, and and yeah and as soon as you drop into a bowl if you just kind of roll in and there are a lot of videos like viral videos of this like someone rolls up to a basketball court dressed like an old person or whatever and you know get uh -huh. get the the crowd's expectation that this person's out of their league well you could show up at a park and they may have that instant uh, that first comment like oh, a roller skater what is she doing here and then you drop in and yeah. you flip and then you grind on the coping and you ride on rails and you crash and laugh and and keep on skating i think that's once you have once you establish your your credibility by actually performing the haters uh, may go away exactly and that's the thing you have to build up a certain amount of confidence like it, it really does take that certain amount of confidence to even just get yourself to the skate park when you're mm. doing something that that no one else there does 
And so it, I, it definitely took me a while to build that confidence to be able to just go to the skate park and, and just drop in and start doing what I want to do and not have, and not worry about what the people around me are thinking. And you're in Colorado College. Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs. Exactly. That's where Colorado yeah. College is. Uh, yeah. Oh, back in the day, uh, I had a girlfriend who was going to Colorado College, but, uh, it's a, it's a very good school. Yeah. It's a very good school. Um, <laughs> uh, it, and I haven't been back since, but it looks like you're the, the queen of that local skate park. <laughs> There's not too many, as far as people that go out and skate as often as I do. I, I don't really know any roller skaters here that are there as often as me. And the the crew of people that I skated with, like when I first started skating at the skate park versus like the the roller skaters that are there now. It's very different because of that surge of roller skating that happened mm. in in this past year since COVID. So it's like a whole different um, a whole different crew that's there now, which is nice. It's it's really nice to see um, you know more people getting into it. It's awesome, but it's it's different because you know that first group of people. Those are the people that I learned with. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who saw me. You know, start from not knowing how to drop into, you know, being able to, to do the flips and stuff that I do now. Whereas the newer people, um, they, they see me as quote unquote famous. I don't want to like toot my own horn or anything. I don't, I don't like to let it get to my head, but you know, like some people just don't know how to like talk to me and it's, it's a weird feeling. It's a very weird feeling. That's not necessarily tooting your own horn. I think that that's a wonderful phenomena of social media where for some people, okay, so I saw a lady who I follow on Instagram, like at the grocery store, and I about lost it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so stupid, but um, yeah, I can imagine that that's a weird feeling to have people and you know that they want to approach you and talk to you. Um, and yet they can't get the guts to do it. Do you exactly? Do you just, do you end up approaching them or, I mean, do you just kind of let it go and does that Um, impediment to you? Like, because people want to be around you that you can't get your space that you need or. Sometimes that does like there, there are times because like, as I mentioned, this is also like my biggest outlet, you know, this is what I do. Like, when I need to clear my head, when I need to be alone. Yeah. And sometimes it's really, I, I don't get that privacy yeah. when I go to a skate park. So, so that does get in the way sometimes. And, you know, I don't want to, I, I, I'm not the kind of person that's going to tell someone like, don't, don't yeah. talk to me basically, you know, like right. I, if they want to talk to me, then obviously then they can come up and I'll, I'll have a conversation with them. And as far as like, um, when I can tell that someone, you know, knows who I am and wants to talk to me, but don't, they don't seem to be saying anything, which I assume is out of nerves. Um, Most times what I'll do is go up to them and just like, Hey, do you want some, some advice? Like, can, can I help you with something? Like, you know, like if I'm watching them struggle with something, then I'm going to go out of my way to invite them to, to learn something. And then obviously if they don't want it, then I'll respectfully walk away. But, but that's usually how I'll start a conversation with someone at the skate park who's also on quad skates. Yeah. So you, it, it, it sounds like you like to get into a flow state. 
And that sometimes that, you know, the people who are admirers can get in the way of your flow state. And I totally feel you on needing, like, I know that for me, I need (laughs) to get out and be in that flow state to clear my head, like you said, and just, Mm -hmm. it feels like all the space around me changes. And I, I need to be. I need to be in that space periodically, periodically being like daily in order to be a decent human being. Mm-hmm. That's definitely been the hardest part of my injury. Well, yeah. So my follow-up was, what are you doing? How are you, are, you know, I'm, I'm, I would imagine that you can't get there. So what are you doing to ease your body and make your mind feel okay? Well, I've just, within the past week, I've like regained a bit of um, mobility as far as like I can leave my house and like go out places. I still can't walk or lift bare weight. You know, I have to take my crutches everywhere. But um, so that's as far as like physical. It's been really nice to be able to just get it, get out of the house has been wonderful the past week. Well, yesterday you shared a, a story of yourself throwing crutches downstairs and sliding after them. Yes. Yes. When, when you don't have a leg that works, it's hard to do anything by yourself. Like I can't, if I'm, if I'm downstairs and I want to go upstairs, well, I can't carry anything with me upstairs because my hands are on my crutches. Like it's, it's really, really difficult. But as far as, as mentally staying sane, I have been trying to just find, um, little crafts. I got knitting needles and a crochet hook <laughs> and I was doing that for about a week. And then I was like, well, this is really boring. No offense, <laughs> to, any, no offense to anyone that crochets or knits, but like I went from doing a extremely aggressive um, physical activity, you know, like I was doing crazy active stuff and now I can't. So it feels pretty weird to go from that to, sitting on my recliner knitting. Probably going to join some sort of wheelchair racing club or something right. like that. I could see you in the grocery store on those little uh, electric carts <laughs> doing donuts. I've been having a lot of fun on those. Yes. This, this Any injury for an athlete can be a psychologically trying time. Uh, it can also be a very humbling time. And when you're able to, to regain the, the, the abilities that you had in the past... Your your mind is more strong and more mature, so I, I I certainly wouldn't wish you any injuries. But I think, given your age and where you are at the in the industry that you're in, you know this is this is a good thing. It's gonna it's gonna inspire a lot of other people to see that to, you you could overcome challenges. So the so can they. I definitely I agree. I'm I'm trying my best to to turn this this bad situation in into a positive for me and you know everyone that follows me. I, I, I see that. And you often post crashes and getting right back yeah. up and doing it again. And you're also posting something that's unique to, to your account is that you have alopecia. And sometimes you have short hair that's result mm-hmm. of, of what you're going through. And I'm sure that's a trying thing, especially for a young person. But you're like, eh, fuck it. I'm going to go and show people where I'm at. And I'm going to put it on my social media with a lot of people seeing. I'm proud of you for that, if you don't mind me saying that. Thank you. Thank you. And that that brings me back more to, like, I didn't ask for this following. And 
you know, I use it to inspire people. And I think my hair plays a big portion in that inspiring category of, you know, what's going on. And I oftentimes forget that there is a large portion of my following that comes from uh, like a lot of people that have alopecia that are Mm. inspired by, Mm. you know, they, they don't skate. They just enjoy seeing someone else that has the same disease and, you know, being proud of it and embracing it and doing what they still want to do with it. Nice. Uh, Tell me, tell, tell, tell my audience what alopecia is because I know you donate to some alopecia causes, I think. Yes. So alopecia is an autoimmune disease. It is a no cause, no cure. There's, they have found no scientific reasoning behind it and have not found any um, definitive cure. But it basically is, like I said, an autoimmune disease that attacks your hair follicles and basically makes your body think that your hair follicles are a foreign substance. So your body rejects them. And this can be on your head on your eyebrows, on your eyelashes, on your arms, on your legs. It can happen to any hair on your body. Um, Me, it just happened to my head. And I got diagnosed in uh, October of 2019. So it's still a pretty, I I mean, I've definitely gotten used to it now, but it was definitely a newer thing. I haven't had this throughout my whole life. And a shocking thing when, you know, you're in front of a lot of people, your appearance, a person's appearance is is an important thing. And sometimes if you're not comfortable with your appearance, a person will just disappear in the shadows, not to be an influence. So um, I'm really glad that you're doing what you are as boldly as as you're doing. Thank you. I liked the post that you had where you were saying, you know, everybody likes to say to you, it's just hair, you shouldn't worry about it. And, And that no one who hasn't been through the same experience really shouldn't speak about it and you know I'm glad you said that I really am because I feel like we a lot of people want to judge other people's situation and decide that maybe to them it's not a big deal or you know it's a small thing but um you know I wish more people would just ask more questions instead of making more statements (laughs) exactly I I am a firm I tell this to so many people that I have so much respect and appreciation for the people that do ask me questions about it because I know, you know, like everyone at my local skate park, like I know everyone there and I have like a very large friend group there and they were all very confused when this first happened to me. Like just Mm -hmm. as I was, I had no idea what this disease was until I got it and none of my friends knew what it was, was either. And and so shocking. You know, it's a, yes. it's, a sh- it's shocking. It's got to be shocking. Absolutely. Fortunately with you, I think it kind of fits in your lifestyle because you do come across as a little punk rock. You've got some tattoos on your legs and your uh-huh. arms. And, uh, you know, one of your posts that you had very short hair, I'm like, oh, she's rocking a punk rock hairstyle. Good for her. Uh, but no, it's, it's, I think it, fortunately for you, uh, it, it could, it could blend in with, with, uh, some of your iconoclastic identity. Yeah, no, definitely. A lot of people, especially now that my hair has, um, grown back quite a bit like a lot of people don't even think twice about it they just think that I enjoy having short hair and that I just cut my hair this short like this but right little do they know I had no choice you were saying that um, when it first started to happen people who knew you obviously obviously I know that people had questions they were curious about what was happening you know like um, the most frequent question I get is does it hurt 
does it, you know, like, does it affect you physically? Yeah. And it, it doesn't, thankfully. But that just makes me realize and, uh, and appreciate the people that do ask questions, because I'm sure that there are people out there that, you know, wonder, does it hurt? Does it affect her physically? And because they don't ask me, then they, they just get this assumption in their head and, and they answer the question for themselves right? without actually, you know, without getting a real answer. And so I understand why people are hesitant to ask about it. It is a, a touchy subject. And, you know, there, there are plenty of people who suffer from this disease who don't feel as comfortable talking about it as I do. Right. But that's why, that's why I do like when people ask me questions because I do feel comfortable answering them. And I would love for more people in the world to know about this disease and know what it actually like means for people and, and feels like for people. Well, I find that as inspiring as seeing your skating, you know, I be like a very bold woman who, um, you know, you're just putting yourself out there and that's really admirable because I feel like you do it with a lot of vulnerability too. So definitely. Yeah. Vulnerability is a big part of, of extreme sports uh vulnerability is an important thing about relationships that that that's a roller coaster and people who embrace vulnerability and 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 look not necessarily to overcome it but work within its boundaries that's an important characteristic i think that's why so many of us are athletes in the way that we are you know i run rivers on a paddleboard i used to be a skier um you know it's it's important to i say do something scary Mm -hmm. every day and sometimes it's just getting up and, and walking outside, I suppose, if, if you have an, you know, a condition yeah. like alopecia or, okay, I have a broken leg. I can't, I can't do anything that I've had as my own identity. What am I going to do now? There's a psychological barrier. I would have handled my whole alopecia situation when it happened as, as well as I did without skating. Skating really helped me. Um, I didn't really have a choice but to, but to go out and be bald at the skate park because you know I, I I wore wigs for a while when it when it first happened but you know I can't wear a wig at the skate park it's just gonna fly off <laughs> so that that kind of forced me to step out of my comfort zone and go to the skate park without my hair and then that also played a large role into the confidence of skating because it made me realize that everyone that enjoyed watching me skate online or in person at the skate park still loved watching me skate just as much as they did before I lost my hair. And so that really helped put it into perspective that I am still the same person. I still have the same talents, the same passions, the same personality. I still have all of the same things that I did before I lost my hair, which was, it it was really helpful to get through it. It's perfect. If someone sees your account has never uh, roller skated before and maybe thinks about doing it at a park, what are some things that you would recommend them to, to be safe and to be happy and to progress, uh, to, to overcome those fears and be a, a better skater, at least, if not a person? What are some things that you would set people up for success roller skating in a park? So obviously, I know that my posts kind of go against what I'm about to say, but definitely wear protective gear. If you have never skated before and you are just getting into it, please wear protective gear. Even though I had skated for 13 years prior to going to the skate park, I still, for that first six months to a year, I was fully geared up because it's a whole different 
feeling. I don't care what you have done before, what kind of wheels you've been on. It's a different feeling. Please wear safety gear. <laughs> um, as far as getting um, the confidence, because I know I, I get a lot of questions about like, how do you, how do you build the confidence to go to the skate park for the first time, especially when there's no other um, roller skaters or even girls at the skate park. My biggest advice to that would be to remind yourself that you're doing something that no one else at that skate park is doing. <laughs> you're doing something that no one there has probably seen before. And they are probably going to think that it is super badass. Like everyone, you know, everyone does when they first see a roller skater drop in on a half pipe, you know, like it's, it's cool. And you have to, you really have to remind yourself that you are the one that is taking that leap of faith and you're the one that, that has the courage to go do that. And that should give you enough courage to be able to continue it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You skated from such a young age. If an adult, someone your age or older is, is getting into it, do you recommend that they have some sort of coaching? And you were talking about being a professional. I would suspect along the, the, the lines, if you're not already, you're hosting clinics. You're you're giving people curriculum. You're holding them up with things that you could you could boost them with right off the bat. If I were to put some roller skates on or some inline blades and just went out to the park, I would destroy myself. I wouldn't want to be interested in that. Are you or others offering clinics and giving that encouragement? So I know up in Denver, uh, where I'm about an hour, hour and a half away from Denver, and I have um, quite a few friends up there that do teach um, like private quad lessons from beginner to advanced lessons. I personally haven't started teaching any lessons. I I would really like to once I'm recovered. Mm-hmm. Um, the only problem for for me personally is I would have to I. I think that I would have to teach an intermediate to advanced class because (laughs) of the fact that I've been skating so long. I genuinely do not know how to teach someone how to just roller skate because it comes (laughs) so naturally to me at this point. Like it, I, I I really don't know how to explain um, just like skating on a, on flat ground. Now, if you come to me and you know how to, you know, you know how to roll forwards, you know how to roll backwards, you know how to stop. I can teach you how to pump a, a ramp and I can teach you how to drop in and, you know, do uh, and how to stall and, and so on and so forth from up there. But maybe, maybe while I'm injured, I can <laughs> maybe figure out, cause I'm, I might have to reteach myself how to roller skate. So maybe I can use that to my advantage. That's going to be an interesting process. And hopefully you document that. You don't have a YouTube channel, do you? You don't vlog. Uh, no, but I, I, I do plan on, starting mm-hmm. that at some point with the leverage that you have through your instagram i would suspect a, a youtube channel would would be fairly natural yeah however yeah. here's the big however being a professional takes away from the fun of things mm-hmm. if, if you're now obliged to document your story along the way sometimes your story gets forgotten yeah. i've experienced that numerous times and i have to remind myself why am i doing this huh is it because of the camera is it because of the audience is it because of whatever no it's because i think it's because of the the love i have for it but yeah i mean you you would be you would be a fantastic youtube creator i'm sure that's definitely been in in the back of my mind before i have a friend um up in denver named phil and he is uh 
he takes photos of skating slash mm-hmm. snowboarding, and he does a lot of work with like the U.S. Um, Olympic snowboarding team. And so he he's in touch with a lot of them, and they he told me how many of them have expressed to him how like competitions and stuff like that really ruined um, snowboarding for them because it's constantly just about trying to mm-hmm. one up your competitors and and constantly watching them and watching them do something, and your immediate thought is oh, now I have to do that better than them. And that's not, I, I, I agree that that's not how skating should be. It should be fun. And so I do get worried that as, as skating continues, you know, like I mentioned before, I want to see it evolve into something as serious as snowboarding or, or skateboarding or, you know, that kind of stuff. But it, it does, in the back of my mind, I do worry that it will get all tangled up with all that drama and nonsense. You were supposed to be at a camp this week in California. What was that? Um, not necessarily a camp. The creator of Moxie Roller Skates, her name is Michelle Silen. Um, she lives out in California, and she owns a big skate house that, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the front of their house is all concrete, and it's a, it's like a pump track, and they have, you know, certain different um, transitions of concrete in their front yard. And then their backyard is a, you, you walk outside of their, of their house onto the back deck and it, and it puts you on the deck of a 10 and a half foot vert ramp. <laughs> and then to the left of that is a six foot half pipe. So that's where I was supposed to be this past week. And then um, going down to uh, Los Angeles, Long Beach area and doing a little, a pop-up event for Nordstrom Top Shop. They will now be carrying Moxie roller skates um, in stores for the summer. So we were doing a little event for that. That still went perfectly, and everyone there was amazing. I unfortunately had to miss out on it. Mm. Well, the comments that people are giving you, they're the outreach of love and support. Uh, I, I'm sure you're there very much in spirit. I know that doesn't it's, always help. Yeah. It's definitely been um, very helpful reading all of it. people I know and people that I don't know's comments. It's it's always really helpful hearing hearing those words. In the few minutes that we have left, uh, Jamie, what what do you have for Ivy? I want to hear about these wheels. <laughs> so yes. so I ride for um, Wild Bones. They are the they make a a slide block, and they're actually here in Colorado Springs. Last summer winter time some sometime within the last year i can't remember exactly um he his name is ryan the the owner of wild bones he decided that he wanted to start making um pro model wheels for some of the skaters on wild bones so a woman named kathleen who is super amazing deserves it so much she got the first um pro wheels and hers were released i would say about six or seven months ago and then after that, I expressed to Ryan that I would really like to do something like that and that it would be super cool. And he was right on the same page with me, totally wanted to to work something out. And so I um, curated my own wheel. I chose the hardness and the size, um, the uh, design of the wheel, the artwork on it, uh, a super amazing um, artist thankfully worked with me on that and we created something amazing that I'm super, super excited to come out with. The wheels are, they're on the smaller side. So I prefer skating on like right now I ride on skateboard wheels. I ride on very, very small and hard wheels. And that's not as, 
not as common in roller skating. More roller skaters um, tend to ride on a bigger, softer, medium-ish wheel. Yeah. Um, but so, so my wheel is 52 millimeters and uh, 101A hardness. Okay. I don't know if, if you guys know what that means. I'm sorry. I, I don't know how to elaborate more on that. Oh, you thought <laughs> the way, whatever in your head, that's the way I want to hear it. I, I what okay. Saying. So yeah, they, uh, December, we, w- once we had the, you know, the picture of the wheel finalized, we knew what we were going to be making. We knew that we wouldn't be able to to make the product for quite a while because of everything in the skating. I I would even go as far to say outdoor activities. Oh yeah, everything is just and sold out. Distribution and the ch- supply chain has been horrible. Can't get freaking anything. So we knew that that it was going to be a while until we actually got the wheels, but we still wanted to announce to everyone, you know, what we had coming and, and get people excited for it. So we held a, what was originally supposed to be just a 12 hour. Um, oh, and it was in November actually, because it was on black Friday. We held a black Friday sale, a pre-order sale, just to see, just to get an estimate of how many people were interested. And so it, the the sale was supposed to be 12 hours, seven a, or 9am to 9pm. And during those 12 hours, we had such a high demand and, and show of support and interest from people that we actually extended the sale throughout the whole weekend nice. and ended up, you know, we, we sold quite a lot of wheels, which was a super, super amazing feel. Like it, it was one oh, of the greatest, greatest weekends of my life, seeing how many people were interested in, you know, buying a product with my name on it. Will they be called the Spicy Ivies? What's the name? They are the Spicy Ivy Wheel under the um, Wild Bones official wheel. So is there going to be Spicy Ivy merch? Are there going to be hats and t-shirts? So that's, I'm I'm working on that right now, actually. I just finished um, working with an artist on creating a logo. We've been working on it for the past month or two, trying to, you know, get it perfect to exactly what I wanted. And I think we we finally landed on the the winning logo. And so <laughs> I'm hoping within the next month or so I'll be able to um, at least get like stickers out and maybe I, I'm I'm hoping to make more merch as far as like um, beanies and you know t-shirts and hoodies and socks maybe I don't know we'll see we'll see what <laughs> happens with that. But yes, I am looking to expand my my name brand, I guess you could call it. Well, there's an illustration of you wearing white uh, stylish sunglasses and and short blonde hair and uh, upside down leaving the coping. I think that was based on a photograph. I love that image. So it's funny that you mentioned the sunglasses because we are, we're tying that into my logo. Perfect. I won't, I won't, I won't say any more than that, but the sunglasses are in the logo. Perfect. Perfect. Finish up the, the wheel talk. We're hoping that um, everyone that pre-ordered should, the wheels should be shipped out by April 19th. And then as soon as those wheels ship out, then we can release the rest of them to the public. Yay. Where, where, so, uh, so give the, give the audience an idea how, how to order your wheels and, and uh, get more information about you. Tell us your social media and tell us the Moxie's information and also the, the, the wild bones. So my Instagram is spicy Ivy. Um, 
spicy spelled S-P-I-C-Y, Ivy spelled I-V-E-Y. That's usually, that, that's really the only form of social media besides, I also use TikTok with same username. Um, that's where I post all of my uh, content and a lot, you can get a lot of the information that I've talked about through my link tree, which is linked on my Instagram. Um, Moxie, their Instagram is Moxie, M-O-X-I, Roller Skates. Their YouTube channel is the same. Uh, you can get a lot of information just about skating, whether it be like wanting to get skates or just learn about um, how skating works in the, in the community. Uh, you can find out a lot about them on their Instagram. And then Wild Bones, their Instagram is Wild Bones Official, spelled just like how it sounds. And their website is linked on their Instagram. I believe it's just wildbonesofficial.com. And that's where you will be able to purchase my wheel at the end of the month. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I want to I thank both of you, Jamie and Ivy, for taking time out to, to talk uh, overcoming fear and being in a flow state and roller skating and content creation. These are all passionate things for me. And I, I enjoy watching both of your social medias. And Jamie, it's been uh, such a great time to actually go out to North Carolina and, and paddle with you. I hope sometime, Ivy, that I get to, to skate, maybe maybe not skate with you. I, I would be that beginner that you don't want to have anything to do with necessarily or, or have the <laughs> curriculum with. Uh, you would encourage me, but I would rather uh, take video of, of, uh, of you and uh, the, the world that you're in. And hopefully I could do that in in the in the in the near future absolutely once i'm healed i hope to do a lot i i had a lot of travel plans um that that i that i planned on doing you know but those those were not canceled just postponed so i will be traveling and hopefully i will end up where you guys are yeah and and fortunately in 2020 2021 uh there was this little thing called the the covid pandemic which has uprooted everybody's travel plans in one thing or in one way or another uh, so, Definitely. you know, I don't want to say it's a good time, but, uh, you know, work on your, your channels, work on, you know, your state of being and recover well. Hopefully there's going to be no complications and you'll be back at rolling, uh, in, in a short time. It, three to five months sounds like an eternity, I'm sure for you, but, uh, th- it's that, going th- by pretty fast. Good. It's three, three weeks have already gone by. So. Don't hurt yourself falling down those stairs though, Ivy, please don't <laughs> hurt yourself falling down those stairs. I will do my best. All right, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me on the Paul podcast. And I look forward to following you guys more. And, um, yeah, thanks. And maybe wear knee pads when you get yeah, back definitely. on. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That was great. Thank you so much, ladies. Great talking to Ivy. Bye-bye.